0: Sorry, I had to get the hoodie off to get ready for this first segment, Josh. Um, first, I wanted to open up with an apology to you. I'm sorry, um, because we had made a deal that, hey, if I went to the women's game last night, I was going to text you on the way. Uh, literally, I didn't even it didn't even register with me until I saw your brother last night. I was stuck with both the girls. Well, not stuck. That sounds terrible to say. My girls were with me, too. And if you go to a game with my girls... Even though it was free entry, I'm pretty sure it still cost me about $40 between a pretzel, a nacho, water, box of M&Ms. I think there was a shirt thrown in there somewhere. So I'm sorry. I just This just registered when I saw your smiling face. All, all good. Forgiven. Don't think we're going to get to go tonight. But, uh, you know, there. I I might want to check with this. But you know what kind of – as someone who every now and then – might enjoy an ice-cold libation of the uh, alcoholic variety. I don't know if this is a thing again tonight, but knowing many fans feel that same way that I do every now and then, Josh, there were $2 beers last night. That's pretty good. Now, I mean, we're not talking like tall boys or anything, but still, I mean, that. If that's happening uh, tonight, beer. if that's happening tonight, I feel like we need to spread the word. Um, so I was—we're going to recap the women's basketball game. In fact, um, we're we're slated to talk to—we're um, slated to talk to KJ at some point this morning. Uh, Aaron Miller is going to join us in the eleven o'clock hour. So we got a—we got a lot to get to. But Josh, what wh- what are you? What are you buying and selling right now whenever it comes to the lack of an acknowledgement from Oklahoma on the release of the Big 12 schedule? What in the mind of Josh – I don't know why I'm standing up, sorry. What in the mind of Josh Helmer could be going on over on a – I guess that would be the corner of of Lindsey and Asp?
1: I mean, clearly – Oklahoma has to be peeved about something. Has to be. Agreed. What that is whether it's I think there's any number of things you could look at. The the probably most popular or most obvious that people are pointing to, right? Long trip to Provo, quick turnaround Black Friday date versus TCU. So maybe that the home slate in general is there a chance OU's upset about who they're bringing to Norman?
0: The only team that would be coming to Norman that isn't is Tech. Right? So
1: probably not that. And then the,
0: the other thing and, and, and Houston, of course. But listen, you know, it's – I'm just thinking of the other team out there that's of the four
1: coming in. And then the the, the final piece of the puzzle that came to mind – did they just get the schedule so late that they were ticked off about it? I f- okay I feel like I can
0: guess one thing and and feel somewhat solid in saying it And if if Joe C or Greg Tipton or people that are much smarter than me Leah, Brad, <laughs> if any of you all are listening and you want to call in and say that's incorrect. I really think Oklahoma's first look at the schedule was during the day yesterday. I I really believe in my heart of hearts that, and again, I'm, I'm not saying that the Big 12 was like, you'll see it when you see it. I'm sure there were some updates along the way, but I don't. I, I don't believe, Josh, that Oklahoma had much of an advanced warning of what the official schedule was going to look like or, or 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 maybe in that. I don't know, Josh, if it was something that OU had protested or said, Hey, listen, can we can we talk through this a little bit more in depth before we release it? And then just the Big Twelve as Toby put up had been catching so much heat that their schedule wasn't out yet, and everyone's wondering what's going on, and there's questions about, well, do they even do they even know what they're doing? What's going on here? Do they just say, listen, this is what it is, you gotta deal with it, and you're just kinda you're stuck with it. I don't know. But I firmly believe in my heart of hearts that for the official, the final schedule. Oklahoma's first look at some point came in the middle of the afternoon yesterday or maybe about noon yesterday. I think they knew what it was going to look like. Um, I think they had an idea and so they were able to get a jump start on, I'm pretty sure, some cool graphic and video and I'm sure all that stuff was in place. So they had an idea, right? It just took, all right finalization of these one, two, three dates or this font or whatever. But I honestly truly believe that for the Final, final schedule. That was their first look. And, I mean, how else are you supposed to react? If you're mad about something, I don't know. But it is truly telling that we have. I You know, i got to be honest with you. It's a storyline that didn't even register with me last night. We, we saw the schedule drop at 1 o'clock. Um, did a show on it over on Big 12 radio. Went to the women's basketball game and got home. Watched the end of the West Virginia TCU game. And just crashed. Right? I was like, ah, can't wait for it. I had to take the cat to the vet this morning, Josh. So it was a very I had to be early to bed, early to rise.
1: Lucy Fur had to go to the vet?
0: Lucy Fur, very well done, had to get the pin taken out of her surgically repaired leg. So she is now back to one hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Big big morning. Um, but but with that all said, like I I think I saw Ryan Aber tweet about it. And it, it was just something was like, oh, okay. And they just haven't posted the graphic yet. And then I woke up this morning to, you know, I had a I had a request to go on with Cole Kublik this morning. And they're like, hey, what's going on? Why why isn't this a thing yet? And I guess I didn't realize how it become or had become such a major talking point until I was just kind of catching up this morning. I went to bed thinking we were going to have a night of, uh, and a show the next morning that was going to talk about you know did Oklahoma really get as much of a break on its schedule as I feel like they did you know and something obviously is 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 frustrating in there for the Sooners but we'll we'll take your submissions and your thoughts on what that might be over the next 3 hours on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 651 3439 that's 405 651 three, four, three, nine, or, or Josh, you can pick up the phone and also call us. Even though I have not used my phone for a call in a while. And in fact, I just missed a call this morning from my father-in-law. I'm in trouble for something. I feel like I need to talk to the Brian man. My conversations with my father-in-law probably need to happen on the air. I think they'd be really good. I think that it could become a reoccurring bit on this show. Really? Brian man. What's going on, Chris? I could we we wouldn't be able to talk schedule with them though. You'd have no idea. Do you think there's something deeper here in just Oklahoma and Texas are waiting to also announce the move to the SEC? Possibly. I and mean, they that, were, they that, were that's, hoping these would coincide. By the way, that phone number is four zero five three two nine nine thousand.
1: Easy distinction, easy line to drop from one point to the other, right? Since they've both gone this way.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Weird day. Weird day
0: on that front. Now, uh, at nine twelve on a Wednesday morning, I also didn't expect that we'd be talking about Tom Brady saying goodbye to the National Football League, especially with as many of the options that appeared to be out there for him. Now, This was a theory that, uh, let's see, good morning football be all over this. This was a theory that had been posed, I believe, I believe by uh, Rex Ryan. Yes, I'm using a Rex Ryan perspective here. Tom Brady envisioned maybe playing for the Dolphins, potentially coming back to Tampa Bay, or at the very least playing for Sean Payton. And so Miami was pretty resolute. And sticking with Tua, um, Sean Payton took the Broncos job yesterday. And thus, he's sitting here kind of like, I ain't going to the Raiders. Because A, they can't block anyone. And B, they can't stop anyone. So, I'm not going to go there and get my head kicked in. And by the way, he didn't even like Josh McDaniels. They, like, had a massive falling out whenever he left New England and, and went to Tampa Bay. Like, he was openly i mean they say all the right things oh yeah great but he was openly bashing that offense whenever he went to tampa like saying you don't have any freedom in it i wanted to go to a place where i had a little bit more freedom boom he goes to tampa wins the super bowl um but were we surprised that this was the day when tom brady announced it and Josh Helmer most importantly are you buying that this is official official
1: i'm buying that this is officially official. He he said he was going to take some time and really think his way through this thing. And I think he has. He probably had plenty of options on the table as you mentioned. I think San Francisco would have been an interesting interesting spot if uh they could have worked that out financially and with the roster and everything, but it sounds like he's just done, man. And probably look when you Retire once and then un-unretire, Plank. You're pretty close to being finished, right? right? I mean, it's it's already entered the mind. Yes, I'm done. And, and when things go
0: south, like they did for him, not to to interrupt, but when things go south, Teddy has this chair so low. Whenever I don't know how he does a show in a chair that low, but I'm sure there were some adverse moments where you're like. This sucks. I could be on the beach right now. I could be eating avocado ice cream. I could be with my kids. Is it worth it? it? Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. And I'm sure that they had some of those moments in 2022 as a member of the Buccaneers. Not a smooth year and a divorce.
1: And, and Plank, he's got, what, all the TV cash just waiting for him. That's right. So it's not as though, it's not as though he's walking away from a good financial situation. He's not one of those people that quits a
0: job but doesn't have another job waiting for them where they're going to stay equally rich. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so uh, a, a bevy of stories to get to. I have some audio for the program today. I um, I think y'all know that I am a big fan of Brett McMurphy. In fact, his sister, Christy, is uh, Christine, Christy, Christine, Christy. Is a regular contributor on softball broadcasts and is a diehard Oklahoma Sooners softball fan. But I felt like yesterday I had a little bit of a, I'm not uncomfortable, but just, I don't know if I was making my point real well to Brett McMurphy. And I wanted to share it and get your take because this, the conversation I had with Brett, opens up a whole other angle that, well, maybe, maybe there was, this moment here where Oklahoma and Texas aren't acknowledging this because maybe this isn't going to be their last year in the big 12. I'll explain. I'll explain. And you guys tell me if you felt like I was in the wrong, I'm, I'm very, very susceptible to saying oh, you were wrong and, and accepting of it. Um, but just, just uh, Not to get too carried away here, not to go down this rabbit hole. But would you say, from some of Brett's stories, it would seem like OU in Texas is inevitable to the Big 12 or to the SEC sooner rather than later? Feels that way. Okay, okay. Well, just just I wanted to set that foundation now. It doesn't get tense or anything. You guys know me. The only person that I'll fight with on the air is like I don't know that dumb cat that's always crawling all over me. But or Arnie or Arnie. Oh my gosh, bro. I found it last two weeks ago, he's like, you can win in this league without a quarterback. You don't need a quarterback to win in this league. And literally Sunday night, he's like, Can't win without a quarterback. I mean <laughs> I'm starting to like worry about his sand. That that goes beyond just changing your opinion on something. That is
1: Polar opposite. Do
0: you even remember saying this? Anyway, we'll we'll get to the Bretton McMurphy stuff coming up at ten AM this morning. Also, it is signing day. And let's take you live to our signing day coverage. Take you live there, right? They're they're, they're live. Nothing. Now, there is one addition to the Oklahoma signing class that we expect to learn more about today. But what are we looking for overall? Overall, as a whole, we'll hear from Steve Wiltfong on that coming up a little bit later on in the program. Plus... What did the man who coined – well, he didn't coin the term – but made getting Fonged a big deal – sometimes right, sometimes wrong. But Steve Wilt Fong will join us, and we'll hear about his thoughts on Oklahoma signing class. Plus, we'll hear from UCF AD Terry Mahajer on the process of putting the schedule together. It's all coming up on a busy edition of The Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Hour one, as always, brought to you by the good people – um, at Van Hoos Fence. Learn more online at vanhoo'sfence.com or vhfence.com, vhfence.com, or call them at 405-735-1167, 405-735-1167, Van Who's Fence. It's a plank show right here on The Round. More on the Big 12 schedule release. We'll take uh, Oklahoma's football schedule for 23 and kind of go game by game uh, in hour two. We've got a signing class. We'll start picking wins and losses. We'll ruin a great June topic on February 1st. Yeah. Uh, and, and plus, much more on the retirement of Tom Brady. Right now, though, we are pumped to be joined on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line by KJ Kindler, who has been busy as the season is in full swing. The Sooners are rolling. Coach, congrats on the great start. How you feeling?
2: Feeling good. Feeling really good.
0: Should. So the gymternet, uh, as I learned this weekend, and was on fire with the return of Olivia Troutman. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. How do you feel like things have gone for Olivia getting back into the mix a little bit here in, in competition?
2: Yeah, so of course this wasn't planned. It <laughs> never is. And we, um, we've been doing full routines on balance beam for about a week, not a long time. And my goal was to just kind of get her out there, warm her up, maybe exhibition her. But Mm -hmm. as fate would have it, (laughs) um, she warmed up amazing. And we were in a situation where I had to make a decision. And, you know, we went with it. And what's interesting, she usually competes at the beginning of the balance beam lineup. She likes to go early, first or second. But I split her into the fifth spot. And she, of course, was a rock. Looks like she never Stop training. Um just was not only solid but almost flawless. So it was really exciting. She was
1: elated
2: when she when she finished her routine and, and it brought us a nine nine five. So I'd say it went pretty well. What can, can you just
0: give us a little bit of perspective, Coach, on what Olivia brings? Uh, I, I remember in writing my or preview for the for the Boyd Street magazine, just it's incredible what she has accomplished, right? But in the same vein, what she could possibly bring to this team, even though I don't even know if she's at 100% yet. Tell us a little bit about what Olivia Troutman means to this team and what she can add.
2: Yeah, so she isn't at 100%, She, but she's working her way back. We anticipate her to do three events by the end of the year, um, but she still won't be, won't be doing the floor exercise. We really need to um, – kind of protect her in that way but what she means to the team it's really hard to put into words because she's so many things she's um, a leader she's a gamer like I trust her inherently and so do her teammates and there's really something to be said for that when you're putting somebody out on the floor and and you just know you just know she's going to give it her all and and she has ice in her veins this woman she (laughs) just can handle any pressure um, with such grace and, and poise and confidence. And that's just a very rare thing. It's it's very hard thing to do to go out in front of all those people. And especially, you know, when you've had some time off and you know, you've had struggles and she just puts those all behind her and, and continues on like um, she's on her normal course. So there, there's just so many things she brings to the team and, Um, I'm sure her teammates could put it into words a little bit better
0: than I did. I thought that was fantastic. Oklahoma is undefeated on the season. They are home on Friday night against Iowa State. Uh, Always fun whenever you go up against the alma mater. Do they still have their goofy little siren that they sound before, before all their floor exercises, Coach, or will we all find out together on Friday night?
2: I guess we'll all find out together, but it's like the tornado siren. So.
0: Yeah, literally as we're we sitting
2: heard it on Saturday at noon.
0: Yeah, what you hear Saturday at noon, all right, is what Iowa State starts all their floor routines with. But I, I want to look back on Denver. I know it's been kind of a crazy week. Um, how big was that for Reagan Smith this weekend?
2: Oh, wow. I mean, you know, she, Beam is her thing. There's no doubt about it. She has great confidence, but – I I don't think she's hit the routine yet this year until we went there. And I'll tell you, they motivated us greatly. They were playing some really interesting beam songs. We got um, Sweet Caroline during during one of the beam songs. We got everybody. Reagan had everybody clap your hands as her beam song. So (laughs) there were challenges, but I actually think it kind of brought out the lion in, in the ladies because they were hitting on all cylinders. So I guess that didn't bother them at all. And maybe the crowd participation during their beam routines was um, what lit the fire for Reagan to get that 10.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And again, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that, you know, I, that, that she's been hitting out a 10 all season long coach or that anyone's going to be a finished product right now. But Was it fair to say that maybe Reagan, through a couple of meets, hadn't necessarily been performing like she wants to?
2: Yeah, I would say so. Just uh, honestly, at this level, the thing that would even um, make Regan feel it wasn't good was the smallest little bobble or little slide on her dismount. We're we're not talking big mistakes here, but Reagan wants perfection. So those tiny little errors, you know, they, they lurk. They have been lurking with her. So this was error-free, obviously. And so that's the, that's the beam routine she wants to do.
0: That's amazing. All right, uh, let's just get that overall vibe feel. Uh, obviously off to the perfect start. We mentioned Iowa State coming in, start of conference play. How you feeling right now as a whole about where this roster is and where you guys are headed?
2: Honestly, I feel good about the fact that I feel we're still growing. Like we have – we have depth that's growing. Um, a lot of times during the season you worry you'll lose that depth through injury or something like that. And, and right now the health is good. People are um, – and that includes, gosh, we, we battle just virus or something like that. So we've been really lucky to slide by some of that and, and feeling a lot better physically um, than we might have been at the beginning of the year, and um, so I, I'm seeing that depth grow. That makes it more competitive environment in the gym because everybody wants a spot, right? Everybody wants to represent Oklahoma in the lineup. So there's a little bit of competition trying to get those positions, and um, certainly beam is one of those areas where I think we have a a lot of depth, and there is a lot of competition. So. I think that's a good thing for a team as long as, you know, <clears throat> the, the team understands, you know, that everyone will get their chance at some point. Opportunities are out there, but it's going to be tough. You're going to have to practice well and, and set yourself up. So that, that lends itself to really good and focused practices, which are always good when leading up to a meet. So I'm really happy about where we're at right now. Um, that score last weekend was a huge gigantic score (laughs) at the end of the meet I was like, what was our score because um, they just kind of hit every single event and um, in in a way that was special you know that was a special performance that I saw on Sunday so you always want to see that and when we see it on the road that always astonishes me even more I feel like our team is so dialed in on the road and and they just kind of feed off the energy of whatever is there. So for a coach, that's always good to know that when you're, when you're on the road, you can come up with that kind of motivation.
0: All right, coach. I know you're busy. I know the schedule's been crazy, and I know the weather sucks, so uh, stay warm. We'll have a great crowd out there on Friday night because that's when things are going to start getting back to normal, and just before we let everyone go, that was a great crowd that we had in the the home opener, but this has to continue all season long. This team is is amazing. It's it's an hour out of your day, and Coach, makes all the difference in the world whenever you have a great crowd inside the LNC, doesn't it?
2: It does. I mean, we were in front of a sold-out crowd in Denver, um, in Magnus Arena, where they play their, well, a lot of times they play their hockey games, which is a huge sport in Denver. So this was a big arena. It was sold out. It's it's awesome to see that, you know, when we go on the road, we compete in those kind of environments, and obviously we want to continue to create that here at home. And just, uh, hey, I'm hoping everyone who came to that first meet just got hooked and has told, you know, a dozen people, and you won't be able to get a ticket pretty soon. That's my goal.
0: <laughs> that's the hope. That's the point. Yeah, people calling you like me say, "Coach, I need tickets. I can't buy tickets. We're sold out." That's that's yes. the goal. That's the goal. Yes. All right. Hey, KJ, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I always appreciate getting to talk to you, and we'll see you out there on Friday night. All
2: right. Thank you.
0: See you. Bye, Chris. Lana, KJ Kindler. I knew we'd get her. I knew we'd get her. So she was saying uh, that Tuesdays. They were having, and maybe it was because of the schedule this week, they were kind of having some individual workouts that took her away from, I guess, basically contact for a couple of hours. So we able to catch up with K.J. Kindler. All right, can we have, when we come back, an early perusing, combing through of the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Let's do just that. And, and then, at some point, Josh, just a – general, beyond hey, no acknowledgement yet from OU or Texas just kind of a general talk about what we learned in the schedule release yesterday Love it. Alright, it's so all coming up on the Plank Show I, uh, I've kind of started the 14 year olds really into music, you know, I'm not a big music guy Um, just because everyone when I tell them I work at a radio station, they like, oh are you a DJ? I'm like, not a DJ not a DJ This is not 1973 huh. But no um, All respect so to our DJ I friends She asked me about Nirvana the other night And I was like Okay Alright let's have a Nirvana Five more years Sure But I don't think at 14 You're quite ready for Nirvana I know I I sure as wasn't If like, I guess Nirvana kind of came at my age At that age for me I'm like I sure I wasn't ready for it A couple of songs I'm never going to let you hear baby doll <laughs> But Good stuff is a We rolling on the plank show yeah, I took in women's hoops last night. Fun environment. Fun environment. Star-studded crowd there last night. Lot of lot of my kids' teachers were there, so it was <laughs> really cool. We did the whole – my daughter, any event we go to with my 8-year-old, also we have to wait in line for autographs. Yeah. So we had we waited in line for autographs after the game last night. The girls were incredible. The celebration. They had real goats, Josh, real goats to celebrate Taylor Robertson Becoming the all-time three-point queen of college basketball, so
1: as they should. Yeah, it's uh,
0: it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I uh. Oh my gosh! Is is the word rad coming back now? That's so groovy, man. I uh, I had sent a picture to a. You bet. Uh, I'd sent a the, our Boyd Street and our Nineteenth Street magazines are out, and so I uh. Kinsey's on the cover of one, and Riley Boone's on the cover of the other. And so I just sent the the picture to Kinsey, and her response was, that's so rad. I'm like, if we're bringing back rad. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, speaking of that, Gunny of Stutzman Army, first in uh, on the Air Cover Solutions text line today. In eight days, we're playing softball, people. That is correct. Now, I, I will say, Boyd Street, 19th Street, going out today. So grab your copy. Aaron Miller is scheduled to join us at 11 a.m. this morning to talk some softball. So take a little quick snapshot of the season, and Aaron can give us a little bit of kind of a a higher-up look, a little bit more of a global look, if you will. So that's coming up at 11 a.m. The 580 checks in on the schedule. My only disappointment on the schedule is home games are very lacking. TCU is probably the only team that will be a top-25 matchup, potentially up to three top-25 matchups on the road. I'll be glad when we get to the SEC and we have big-time home games again. It's been a while. You know, again, the only team that's not coming to Norman that technically would be is Tech. So I kind of think we were in a situation where the Big 12 home schedule was going to kind of suck this year regardless.
1: Right. Right? And there's not a great non-conference game to make up for it. Right. I mean, listen.
0: You get, I, I mean, come on. I'm an I'm an alum. You guys know me. I love Tulsa more than anything. But it's almost like you get an, an another home game when you go to 11th and Harvard. When you go to the 918, Tu fans, we we know this, right? Oklahoma fans are going to take over that stadium, and that's fine because it's a big time payday for for Tu's athletic department. But in the same vein, there's not that splashy even. Even though Nebraska isn't what they were, it was still a big deal when they came here, right? Um, Even though your non-conference games were Kent State at home and uh, UTEP at home last year, it was Brent Venables' first year, and you had Kansas State and Baylor coming in. I mean, your biggest home game this year is is what, like the texter said, TCU. That's that's pretty much what it is on Black Friday. On Black Friday. In a short week after traveling to Provo, Utah to play BYU. Um, here's here's one from the 405. Oh, Okie Drink Slinger. It sounds like a dude we need to make sure his name is in there and we get to know him or her. First look at the schedule. The Big 12 hates Texas more than OU. <laughs> um, Yeah, Texas... I I am pretty sure from the people that I've talked to in in Austin over the last year about this, um, Texas did not want to play Houston at all. They didn't want to go there, even though, again, Longhorn fans would probably take over that stadium. They didn't want to play them, period. So I I found it very – shocking that one of the first things that started the leak was that, yes, indeed, Texas and Houston are going to play each other. And then, Josh, it was almost like it went another level to where not only are they going to play each other, but they're going to play each other in Houston. And the teams that Texas is missing out on, on its schedule, are Cincinnati, UCF, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. So they're getting the heavyweights. I I don't know how to compartmentalize this, Josh, so maybe you can help me, peeps. Maybe you can help me. I find it so odd in what is perceived as the final year of the Big 12, what is perceived as the last season for Big 12 football with OU in Texas, that you wouldn't find a way to still have OU play Kansas State, Baylor, and Texas Tech, especially since Oklahoma is going to two of those places, right? They would have been going to Baylor – and to Kansas state. They're going to go to Waco and Manhattan, but yet you make sure that Kansas state is on Texas's schedule when Kansas state has to go to Austin. I just doesn't, it doesn't really compute, but I agree with what the, the texter is saying, Oklahoma, Oklahoma to me has a very good schedule, but obviously there is something that is off. Maybe there was an agreement that was going to be made that was broken. Um, Maybe they were hoping to coincide the release of this with the announcement of the trip to our the, the cemented move to the SEC. I don't know. But something, Josh, is definitely amiss. I'm just trying to compartmentalize what that might be or figure it out.
1: What's the toughest road game on this schedule for Oklahoma? Um, and is it Kansas?
0: It might be Kansas. But, see, again, I – this is where I always push back on the strength of schedule conversations because nobody would have told you that TCU was going to end up being the biggest game on Oklahoma's schedule last year. And look what it ended up being, the biggest game on their schedule last year. But can I go with a very unpopular selection? I think it's going to be Oklahoma State. I just I feel like they're going to play out of their minds and it's going to be I mean, this, this, I think poke fans, you know, this, this would be the last opportunity to show that Bedlam hate. And regardless of what happens to OSU next year, that's going to be a big time day on, what is that? November 18th. So the fourth. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went the wrong way. November the fourth. Okay. Let me, let me bounce back. Are you. In that same boat, are you looking more at maybe BYU or thinking it comes earlier in the season? Because I know this sounds terrible, but Cincinnati without Luke Fickle doth not scare me at all. No Ritter. Desmond Ritter is two years in the NFL. I I feel pretty good about him.
1: Though they did win nine games last season. so Honestly, because of the quarterback, it might be the trip to Lawrence. I think that. I To me, Oklahoma State might be the easiest of the four. Right. Just in terms of projecting toward next season. Right now, I think Oklahoma State might be one of the worst teams in the league. I agree. So, regardless of that's in Boone Pickens Stadium and it's the final bedlam and this and that, I just don't think they're going to be very good next year. Yeah. So, either. from that standpoint, okay. looking at the schedule, you know, not having a trip to Kansas State or Baylor, it's a navigatable schedule for Oklahoma.
0: (laughs) It's very navigatable for Oklahoma. Should win some games, but obviously something there is is very frustrating. Uh, From the nine one eight, with that schedule, the Sooners should and could go undefeated next season. The TCU game could be for the Big Twelve Conference title. Yeah, and then they could play in back-to-back weeks.
1: Another team that are they going to be good next year? I don't or, know. Are they going to be a, see? To me, they're an obvious massive fallback. Sure, candidate.
0: sure. But in that same vein, they have done a pretty good job with what they've with what they've brought in out of the portal. We'll just see if that and Chandler Morris was the guy that had won the job last year over Max Duggan allow that to compute. Uh, one, one more quick text and we'll break. How many times does Texas, though, even leave the state of Oklahoma? This is a good point. If you want to say Texas got hosed, they literally they have a trip to Tuscaloosa, but their only road game outside of the state of Texas beyond that is to Ames, Iowa on November 18th. Um, they play They play against Rice and Wyoming at home in two of their first three games. Then they play Baylor, Waco, Kansas home, OU Texas in Dallas, Houston, Houston, BYU home, Kansas State home, TCU, Fort Worth, seven straight games where they don't even leave the state of Texas.
1: (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Do you think that was intentional? No way, right? Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and,
0: I, and I don't know, maybe there is, maybe there is this thought that it is pretty good, but it just, it was not like both sides, Texas and Oklahoma going to go, all right, you know, this isn't bad, but just the timing was a miss. Hey, let's, we, we don't need to announce this now. Let's wait until Thursday or Friday or early next week, and then we'll be able to have everything. So we're not having to answer questions about a schedule and then two days later answer questions about, oh, we came to an agreement when you're leaving for the SEC or something of that nature. Because, like, I think we've all agreed here in this segment, I I don't have a problem with either one of their schedules outside of just, you know, a less than stellar home slate for Oklahoma, but we kind of knew that was going to be the case if they stayed in the Big 12 this year. I mean, really, you would be replacing in Oklahoma's home schedule Essentially, you would be placing UCF with Texas Tech. And I know Texas Tech is supposed to be like the sleeper team this year, but it's not like you're replacing UCF on that schedule with Bama or Georgia, right? It's, it's you're replacing them with a team that is, you know, kind
1: of a rival, but not necessarily a box office smash. No by, offense, Tina. By my count, and this is very unofficial, five Big 12 teams play – at least three of the four new schools. Right. And Oklahoma's one of the five. Two schools play all four. Oklahoma State does, and I believe West Virginia does. Those are the two. You're right. And I don't know, maybe that's part of something that Oklahoma's not thrilled about because obviously you got multiple road trips to these new arrivals to the league. And one of those road trips, either Cincinnati or BYU – it could be a road trip to one of these existing Big 12 uh, schools. So I don't know if that's something OU would care about, but that option was there, and instead Oklahoma wound up with three games against these newcomers. I,
0: I heard from a former administrator that has some takes that I want to share next. Okay. Not, not not, from OU, just so we're clear. But it just I think it's kind of interesting in trying to fully understand you know why? Why there's been maybe some radio silence out of Oklahoma and Texas, out of Norman and Austin, when it comes to the Big Twelve schedule. And an hour one, right here on the Plank Show, presented by Van Fence, We'll dive into that next. I I just feel like there's so much going on that we're almost overloaded on sports news here. In, here in hour one on the first day of February, and I'm not taking it for granted.
1: I know one thing we haven't, uh, well, touched on yet and probably will be going forward. Senior Bowl practices underway. I haven't even touched on it. Senior Bowl practice. And you get it on TV today? I know that's uh,
0: something you dig. I want to make a prediction right now. You ready? Anton Harrison's going to go in the first round.
1: I think you're right.
0: I think Anton Harrison is going to end up being one of the stirs of the Senior Bowl. In fact... In a offensive line class, it currently has just two tackles projected in the top fifteen. I think Oklahoma fans are they're going to get a first round offensive lineman. And by the way, I think the Big Twelve might get a couple surprise defensive players that ended up going in the first round. More on that later. Don't want to get too nerded out. Tom Brady has announced his retirement again, though uh, it, it seems. I got to be honest with you. When I first heard it, I was like, "He's so not retired." But the more I think about it, he seems—he seems done. I mean, it's as as much as you could take from like a twenty-two second video that we'll play for you coming up in the top five stories of the day. But he seems done, and it is—it is signing day, Josh Helmer, and it's still called National Signing Day. But from what we've already known about the Oklahoma Sooners class, we are seeing the addition of but one dude today, and that is Taylor Heim. Am I saying that correctly? And it seems like a good addition. Oklahoma kid. And we'll see what kind of role he plays. Probably a red shirt and see if he can't provide something coming up in 2024. But I'll tell you what, Brent Venable's, he is committed to getting Oklahoma's guys, and I love it. Our Oklahoma guys, I should say. All right, uh, a little back and forth with Brett McMurphy. I want to share it with you guys next on The Plank Show.